0: it's so funny. Cause like during that time I had such kind of like a fractured relationship with myself, but I allowed myself to, you know, set time aside every day to like read my horoscope and like learn more about, you know, my other signs, my natal chart, all of these different pieces that I didn't know existed. And what I didn't realize is that when I was doing that, I was actually inviting self-love and self-compassion and even self-interest back into the equation, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was at a place where I was not feeling good about myself, but when people, even when I talk to people who want to know more about astrology and they want to hear about their signs, they're lighting up because they're feeling excited about things that they are and things that like qualities that they have. And like, I think there's something so beautiful about watching people kind of like connect with these different components and like feel validated and feel seen.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bad Witches Only. I'm so thankful that you are here. Today I have a very special guest and we are going to have so much fun. This is one of my best friends in the entire world. So we're just going to shoot the shit, talk about astrology. Um, Today we have Moira Compton and she is super passionate about astrology. In my opinion, she's a she's an expert. She's an astro expert. She knows so much, but from her perspective, she says she keeps up with the stars, um, which just cracks me up. <laughs> so she has been running a daily ish horoscope instagram page called cosmic gram definitely check her out she gives a lowdown of what is happening in the stars every single day just about and it's been super insightful and transformative for me and just her knowledge of astrology continuously blows me away so i am so thankful to have you here Moy.
0: Hi, Al. Oh, my God. Like You make me feel so loved in that opening. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. Of course. Of course. Did I miss anything in the
0: introduction? No, that was lovely.
1: (laughs) Okay, perfect. So first and foremost, we're going to get started talking about mercury retrograde, which everyone is dying to know about. So Let us know what's happening. What the fuck is Mercury retrograde? What do we do?
0: I know. I always say that I feel like Mercury retrograde is something that is kind of like making its way into the mainstream. And it's like some people know what it is. Some people are just like, ah, like Mercury's in Gatorade again. Like, whatever that means, like, shit's just falling apart. And I'm like, yeah, like, close enough. Right. So, Mercury. So let's just back it up. Different planets rule different things. So Mercury rules technology, well, more so gadgets, transportation, short distance travel, um, technology. So when it is kind of like moving backwards or it's kind of like an illusion that it's moving backwards all of those things are kind of um, subject to like difficulty or you might experience delays or maybe your computer or your phone starts acting up. Um, But we experience it about three times a year. Look at you. You're like, yeah, 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 we do. So we experience it about three times a year. So it is in our yearly cycle. So this is something it's, Super annoying, yes, but it's also a really good time to reflect, revisit things, um, rework your plans. Um, I see it as a huge like reflection period Um, and it can bring, one of my favorite things is it can bring people back into your life that you haven't spoken to in a long time. So Mm -hmm. I tend to I mean, if I know Mercury retrograde is coming up, I try to make an effort to reach out to people that I haven't spoken to in a long time, but oftentimes it happens organically and like out of the blue, I'm talking to people from high school, I'm talking to people from college I haven't spoken to in like five years and I'm like, okay, there's a sweet spot. Yes. Yes. Totally. We stay connected as much as we can, but like, I've noticed that you and I tend to cross paths again during retrograde. Like we kind of have our like check-in where we like, Allie, we used to like email each other. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Like pen pals, like that is Allie and I.
1: Oh my gosh. That is amazing. I did not notice that we would check in during retrograde. I love that
0: so much. Yeah. And some people are like, oh, you might not want to like publish work or something like that during a retrograde. And like I said, yes to doing this podcast during a retrograde. But I was like, you know what? Like if you have retrograde awareness, I think that it softens the blow a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. I found that if I know it's coming up And I know I might experience, like, I don't know, like technology, whatever, like issues. I tend to just look at it and be like, it's okay. Like Mercury's in retrograde and we're just going to get through it. Like, I don't really have as much of a reaction Mm -hmm. as I would.
1: Yes, totally. Do you feel that? I feel the same exact way. I mean, in Mexico city here, every time I've gone to pay with a credit card, all of the Wi-Fi is down. All of the terminals are down all of like the credit card readers. So it's just like, okay, nope. You know what? Start me a tab. I'll be back tomorrow. So it's just been happening like across the board and little technology, um, issues like uh, glitches have been happening so often in my video calls and I'm with my clients I'm like thank you so much for your patience mercury is in a retrograde we're going to get through it together and I just feel so grounded and aware it's like it's that awareness that makes such a difference as we move through this time 100%.
0: yeah because it's like you're le- if you kind of know that this might be an obstacle you're going to face you can kind of meet it with a little more gentle compassion Mm -hmm. And I found that like last time we were having a retrograde, I was, I lost my keys and I had an appointment, like a doctor's appointment or something. And like, I've never lost my keys in my life. So I am like ripping through my whole house, like couch cushions everywhere. I'm like, where the hell are my keys? And I call them and they're like, oh, like, just come when you can, if you find your keys. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going (sighs) to find but sounds good. I found them. I floor it over there. I'm talking to the woman at the front desk and I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry. I've like, like being five minutes early is like considered late for me. Like, I'm like, I'm always on time. And she just looked at me and was like, Mercury goes direct in like, however many days, like you are so okay. And I stopped and I was like, it's like, I'm talking to myself right now. Like it was kind of like unnerving that someone else was on board with that transit. And I was standing there and I was like, it's almost like through Mercury retrograde, people almost want to be more compassionate. Like mm-hmm. they use it to be like, don't worry about it. And it's kind of like this way that people are connecting with each other about it. Yeah. Like going easier on each other, like in and, the world.
1: And on ourselves too. Easier on yeah. ourselves, easier on other people. And it's just such a beautiful time, like you said, to slow down, to relax. And in terms of like the energy body, Mercury rules the throat chakra. This is our center of communication. This is our center of expressing our authentic self. This is our center of allowing our true self to shine in union with the divinity or the source that flows above us. And this is how it comes into life is through our throat. It's through our expression. It's through our authenticity. So to allow ourselves the grace to be able to more deeply embody that and to reflect on what that means to us in this time period. And I mean, we're in Gemini, Mercury rules, Gemini, correct?
0: Yes. (laughs) Mercury. Yeah. Look, you're an expert. Um, so Mercury rules, Gemini and retrograde started with Mercury and Gemini, and then it actually backpedaled into Taurus where it is now. Hmm. So it's kind of like touching on two parts of our charts like starting in Gemini, moving back to Taurus. And then when it goes direct on June 3rd, it will be going direct in Taurus.
1: That is so interesting as well, because in medical astrology, Taurus rules the throat. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just like huge emphasis on this area right now.
0: It's kind of crazy that like all of those are tied.
1: Yeah. But that's just like how astrology works. I feel like everything just like clicks (laughs) and like makes sense like that. But oh, I also wanted to ask you about like communication in relationships. Number one, during Mercury retrograde, I feel like getting on the same page as your partner can sometimes be a little tricky and like ex boyfriends or ex partners reaching out during this time.
0: Yes. So, so you can see exes reach out during Mercury retrograde and Venus retrograde. Like, And, like, even people might revisit the relationship completely because I think that because it rules our, like, thought process and, like, how we're thinking and, like, our internal dialogue, um, people are, like, rethinking all of those things. Like, kind of, like, revisiting those things and, like, if you have a lot of Gemini placements, like, you might even be, like, rethinking, like, your life direction or feeling, like, lost temporarily, like... Things like that, where you're like kind of in your head Mm -hmm. and it leads people to want to reach out and talk. And like, are you thinking of someone?
1: I know. I literally just had like an, I had an aha moment because, um, I have a Gemini North node and I feel like during this phase, I'm so focused on moving forwards, but at the same time, I'm like, I feel like I'm being pulled back into past versions of myself. And I'm like,
0: Why? that's so interesting. Yeah, so it's like that internal thought process of like you know, reevaluating things. Even people might reevaluate a conversation they had or like a topic and like kind of like want to run through it one more time. Um yeah go on, go on. I
1: said, I said North node. I meant South node. I have a Sagittarius North node. I have a
0: Gemini South node. Hi astrology. Oh, you're good. I was wondering, but I figured like being pulled back to all of that. Um, but like there is a, well, okay. And back to like communicating with like friends or partners or whoever it's also like, I always tell people reread the text message reread the email before you press send like because it really is like even outside of retrograde when like you might not be able to pick up a tone on text message or like written communication it's even more emphasized I feel during retrograde yeah because you know you could be coming off one way and someone is picking it up in an entirely different light, you know? Mhm. Yes. I had the worst fight
1: I've ever had with a single human during Mercury retrograde a couple of years ago where it was just like we had the same conversation a solid 12 times and we could not get on the same plane. It was like we were operating from two different worlds and I was like, "Sir, can you hear me? And he couldn't, like, we just couldn't connect. We couldn't collaborate. We couldn't arrive to meet each other.
0: And that's why it can also be tricky if if you, especially for people who like, I don't know, I, I think like work in real estate or anything with like contracts or like negotiations, like during retrograde, you want to like really like thoroughly read through like dates are correct. Signatures are correct. Like fine print. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like booking travel too, right? (laughs) Yeah. booking travel. Cause that's the thing. Like you do still have to live your life and you still have to go on the trips you want to go on and you still have to do all the things you want to do. But if you have the retrograde awareness, you can like run through the dates, the times, the schedule, make sure everyone has the same information. And it's just like a matter of like revisiting and like re- doing like a rerun through. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I think that's going to be super helpful for people in terms of navigating what the fuck is happening with Mercury retrograde. So when does Mercury go direct next? I'm
0: growling at me. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, so Mercury goes direct on June 3rd. So, right after we post this. Great. <laughs> and when di-
1: when Mercury goes direct, what should we expect?
0: I would say so we spoke a little bit about the shadow period before this, but um I don't emphasize too much on it, but I will say there is a shadow period that lingers for about a week or two where you can still kind of feel the aftermath of it or still be subject to any of those difficulties but I it might be lighter it could be the same but like I feel like right now I feel like right before it goes direct I personally feel like it kind of is heightened
1: mm-hmm. interesting okay cool I love that. I'm ready for, I mean, I like this holding integration period that we're in right now. I don't mind Mercury being retrograde, but I'm also ready for a little more forward, forward
0: momentum. And that is the beauty of Jupiter being in Aries. Look Look at that that transition. (laughs) It's perfect because it's like right now you want to rerun through those details And sorry, my dog is like going nuts next to me, but um, you want to kind of like run through all those details, but we do have so much activity in Aries right now where like there is a part of us that wants to like pedal to the metal, like full speed ahead, ready for like taking action over like a new goal, a new desire, a new, um, like if you've kind of put something on the back burner, Jupiter and Aries is like, it's time to send it.
1: Let's send it.
0: So, when Mercury goes direct, and we have Jupiter and Aries right now, um, and that started on May 10th, and it will be there until October 28th. So, that's a long time. And then again from December 20th to May 16th. Okay. Can you
1: tell us a little bit about the energy of both Jupiter and the energy of Aries?
0: Oh, yeah. So Jupiter (laughs) is. I'm excited for this because, like, I feel like a lot of the people I've spoken about astrology with in the past few years, I've focused so heavily on Saturn. So, people having their Saturn returns and, like, Saturn, and we won't get into this too much, but it is a much more restrictive planet, right? Like, it's kind of like tough love boundaries, like, you're going to fail until you get it right. Like it's all for self-mastery, but it's not like a feel-good planet always, but it is ultimately here to help us. But I recently started tracking these Jupiter transits and Jupiter exists on the other side of the spectrum. Jupiter is this huge jovial um, planet that brings abundance, luck, faith, kind of like if you're experiencing issues in one area of your life, look to Jupiter to see where you have access to something much more expansive. Mm -hmm. And that is the exact word, right? Of Jupiter is expansion. Yes. Expansion. So it can kind of indicate, so we'll go through the transits for each rising sign, but, um, Every, like, wherever it's happening in your chart right now, like, it's gonna like breathe life into that area for you. And it gives you the opportunity to grow and to expand, like, past your horizons. So it's very, like, optimistic. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that feels good. And I feel mm-hmm. like everyone's ready for that. So, Jupiter. I'll just kind of like set up the time frame. it has been in Pisces and Jupiter rules both Pisces and Sagittarius. so when it's in those signs it's very happy there and it does well. but when it's in Pisces it's much more um, connecting to your dreams and your aspirations on the emotional plane. like it's very like connecting, kind of like in your heart with like what it would feel like for those dreams to come to fruition or like what you want your life to feel like, or it's kind of much more like creative, imagine imaginative and like compassionate. And like when it's in Pisces, you can have abundant experiences through being compassionate with each other. So, um, and Pisces is also like a very charitable sign. So it's like when it's in Pisces, it can be nice to like start doing like volunteer work or like just kind of connecting with your heart. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So that's so
1: sweet. I love that. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's like, so I will use a Jupiter transit to kind of like invite new elements into my life. So I, I wanted to like work with that or try to invite that into my life in some way, started volunteering in hospice. Like, um, Pisces has a lot to do with like grieving and grief and like kind of letting go. And like, it's been the best experience, like really nice. And then like another thing I would do is like, when you journal about things you want to happen in in your life, but like saying it in past tense as though it's already happened and like connecting with like what it would feel like for that to come true. Like, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. So that is what we're coming out of, right? So that was like our permission to dream. And transitioning into Aries is much more like, okay, we had our time to connect with the feeling of it. Now it's time to take action, right? Like Aries is action oriented. It's bold. It's assertive. It's about asserting yourself and your needs. Like, it's like putting yourself first, which can be really hard for people. Yes. Like, you know, like when people are You know, if you struggle with like people pleasing, or if you struggle with like nurturing everyone around you, actually sitting down and thinking about your goals can be really hard. Mm -hmm. So, this is here to kind of like rally everyone up and like get them excited about what's to come. Um, But yeah, Aries is fiery, bold, action oriented. um, And it's all about like just doing it. Like, Don't let yourself hesitate on things for too long. Don't let yourself, don't let yourself like talk you out of it. Like just take the step. Like starting is the hardest part. And this transit like helps you kind of like kickstart.
1: Yeah. I love that. And Aries too, being the first sign of the Zodiac, isn't it that like new beginning sign where we're kind of taking the first step, but we don't know what comes next. We're just doing it.
0: I love that you said that too, because Aries is the baby of the Zodiac. Right. So I always tell people like, imagine when babies are learning how to walk, they don't, they don't give a fuck if it's a perfect attempt. Like they're just trying. And no matter what they like, Find their way, and they figure it out, right? Like it's just this very like visceral experience, and it's kind of like you could like run into a wall, you could fall down, you could whatever, but like you just you don't spend any time getting upset about it. You're like back up and at them.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. So that's the energy we're calling in at the moment.
0: Yeah, and like not being worried about it being perfect. Like you can save that for when Jupiter is in like Virgo or something like that. (laughs) Like this is about just like trying.
1: Okay. Okay. I love that. I love that. So can you tell us a little bit about the rising signs and like where to expect what, how to work with this energy or like where to bring our attention?
0: Okay. So, and, like, overall, it is also, like, Jupiter is great for, like, travel, learning, teaching, experiences, and anything that you can learn from. But I will say, like, the downside, like, nothing, there's not, like, a downside in astrology, but I think more of, like, the negative keywords can be exaggeration. Like, it can be, like, when too much is too much, you know? (laughs) Because there kind of shines a spotlight on things and it like brings the generosity and the fun, but like it's kind of like making sure you're still being realistic about things, especially when we get into people who are having that in their like financial houses and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, same goes for Aries, like Aries on a bad day can be. It's like a little too angry, brash, um, you know, like making like, I think everyone collectively is excited to take this step forward, but it's like, don't let yourself get too impatient. Like, cause like Mars is right there with Jupiter right now, kind of giving it an extra like turbo charge. So people are like ready to go. But you want to be careful of not being becoming too impatient or like not being mindful and like stepping on toes or like yeah. losing your temper.
1: Arrogance was coming to
0: me. <laughs> you're like, that's what came to mind. Not based off of experience or anything. <laughs> oh,
1: I love you. I'm so happy you're here.
0: And Also, before I get into the rising signs, I will say that, you know, I've been giving people advice about how to like tap into this energy and Jupiter can be really great for taking a leap of faith or doing something so outside of your comfort zone that like your soul knows that it needs to do. And Jupiter is transiting my ninth house. So other like Leo risings too are experiencing this. And that's the house of like broadcasting. And like, I think that like podcasting falls into that. So I was like, I'm very nervous to do this, but I was like, this is right on brand with the transit. Wow. That is so so perfect. I was like, I need to take my own advice and (laughs) do it. You know, I'm like, it's going to be great. Yeah.
1: And here you are, you're doing it and you're doing great. You're nailing it. This is going to be so helpful to so many people. I like feel that in my soul.
0: I hope so. I'm here to help you guide people through this. Okay. So, and before I start, I want to say that if you are more of a beginner in astrology and you're listening to this, if you read daily horoscopes, like Susan Miller, astrology zone is a really good one. If you read like astro style, the astro twins, I feel like they're like, OG. like all of that. Read your horoscope for your rising sign. So your rising sign is different than your sun sign. And, and when a
1: I- sun sign is the one that we all know that we are.
0: Yes, the sun <laughs> sign is the one that we all know that we are. So I felt kind of gypped when I found this out. Like sometimes it's accurate when they talk about certain things, but overall your rising sign will be more accurate. And like you can find that on, like you can Google it. You can do CoStar, the Channy app, any of those. And it's called either your rising sign or your ascendant. Perfect. You're a Taurus rising. I am. Yeah. I know, you know that, but I've just. (laughs) Yes. And so in this
1: little um, preview excerpt that you're going to be giving to us, you are telling us to look at our rising sign that you can let, so you can let us know how this Jupiter and Aries will be affecting us up until October.
0: Yes. So up until October, and then we'll see it again, the first half of 2023. So we're working with this on and off for a year. So. We can start with Aries. So if you're an Aries rising, this is happening in your first house of your sense of self, your vitality, your appearance, style. Um, And I think that this can really feel like a burst of energy. And I don't think an Aries rising struggles with energy, because like, that's how you're like, like coming off to the world. So I feel like this is like really refreshing. So that this could be like a confidence boost. You could be finding opportunities that are more aligned with um like your identity, your sense of self, like maybe you're ready to make a bold move that you know is going to like help you in the long run. And like the first house is like a sensitive house in your natal chart. So I think that this can bring kind of like any type of exciting change, like something that like, I feel like your soul needs. And I think it can bring like more of like an optimistic outlook. Like Jupiter was just in your 12th house when it was in Pisces. And like, that is a much more like restful, like retreat kind of transit. And now like you had your rest and like, you're ready to roll. So Yeah. I love that. So then for Taurus risings, it's going through your 12th house. So this is you, Allie. Mm-hmm. So the 12th house is a lot more about retreat, escaping, tending to like your subconscious mind. Um, and it's like I have a hard time understanding it a little bit because it's like Aries is this like rambunctious sign, and then it's like in your 12th house. Yeah. But I could see it as um. Maybe doing a retreat that encompasses like movement, like Mm -hmm. yoga or like kind of like body centered things Like, like, I don't know, like working out, but like still kind of like tending to your mind, your mental health, like working through any like subconscious blocks, um, and like inner work. Yeah. I feel
1: that. I feel that so deeply. And I also feel like, um, like I have more energy towards my spirituality and towards my spiritual practices and diving into that. And like, I'm being so called to do the physical practices of yoga and breath work just to get back in touch with myself because there is like this discomfort in my physical body. And I just know I need to lean into that and allow myself to rest so that I can allow myself to go there and like, let these subconscious programs kind of rise within me
0: yeah so you're in tune like so beautiful <laughs> yeah and spirituality is very like 12 palsy and uh-huh. it's like giving yourself that alone time or like isolation when you need it you know like just I mean I know that you know when you need it like I feel like you're very good about things like that but for if anyone else is a Taurus rising yeah also. You guys have been having eclipses in your first and seventh house the past year. So it's like you guys are feeling a lot of change. I feel like on a very like personal level. So giving yourself time to rest when you need to. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that feels very, very resonant. I think I'm like a little too Hermity right now. I need to get out and do things in Mexico City. But I just love being with myself in this moment.
0: And you might just like need that in doses, like, you know, like just like allowing yourself that and like, it's like so crazy too, because sometimes when people do have eclipses on their first house, like sometimes they do pick up and move somewhere, like go to a new location that feels more aligned with themselves. So it's like, you are kind of like very in this cycle.
1: I'm very in this cycle. (laughs)
0: I'm yeah. very very much in the cycle and
1: oh I also want to tell you I'm also taking a break from social media to like kind of hermit a little bit more.
0: I saw you post that and I try to make a mental note of like yes, this is good for you mm-hmm. like yes. the kind of like i don't know it's like the twelfth house like wants you to like wants to help you like recharge your batteries and like social media like drains like everything feels yeah. so. I think that's perfect.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I love hearing this.
0: Yes. So um, moving on to Gemini, this is happening. So for Gemini Risings, this is happening in your 11th house of communities, networks, and friend groups. So this is a really nice, like social butterfly energy. Like my sister has this and I was telling her like, you know, just start scheduling things with friends. Like if someone wants to do something, like put it on the calendar. Like it's great to like reconnect with friends or maybe like get involved with communities that you've been wanting to like be a part of, or like switching up your friend groups or like connecting with new groups of people or like prioritizing your friends. If like, you've kind of like fallen off the wagon with it. Um, and just like being intentional about spending time with like groups of people that matter to you, mm. which I like it for Gemini Risings, too, because they can talk to a wall like these people <laughs> can they can connect with anyone.
1: It's so true. It's so true.
0: Yeah. And they make great podcasters, too, because they know how to talk like they can just chat it up. So. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think it's a fun transit. So, then for Cancer risings, it will be going through your 10th house of career, profession, and reputation. So, this is really exciting. Like, if Jupiter is bringing abundance and expansion, think about that in terms of your career. Think about that in terms of like maybe attracting job opportunities that are more aligned with you. Um, Maybe even something that allows for more freedom and flexibility, or it could be a job in like a new location Um, or something where you can like grow in your current job and have more of like a leadership role. So like anything like that. So like if you're cancer rising and thinking about, um, I don't know, like maybe switching jobs or looking for something like try just mm-hmm. like send the resumes out, connect with anyone and like, see where it takes you. That's amazing. I yeah. love that. I'm like cheering
1: for, our, for our cancer babies.
0: <laughs> when I kind of like write some of this stuff, I'm like imagining different people I know. And I'm like, yeah, like if you want to do that, like, let's go like, mm-hmm. And it's all about like, it might work and like, you might try and it might feel like a reach, but like Jupiter might kind of like pick you up and carry you there in like a very like, like, okay, like you made that initial step. We're going to get you there. Like it kind of like works out better than it typically would. I feel. Yeah. I love that.
1: The planet of luck.
0: Yeah. It's like, just, it's like, fuck around and find out. Like, (laughs) That's kind of how I look at Jupiter. Can I curse on here? Of
1: course. I
0: was like, yes. It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> <coughs> so for Leo Risings, this is me. Um, Leo Risings, it's going through your ninth house of travel, study, religion, and broadcasting. So if you want to travel somewhere or like book a trip, this is so nice. Like if you can get abroad, I think that would be really nice. Like get your passports ready. But even if you can travel and like get on a plane and go somewhere, do it. And like, I feel like it's nice to be super intentional about the experience and like try to tap into like what it's providing you, like what, like what did you learn on that trip? Or like, I don't know, it's like when travel changes you and like when you're really in touch with it and you can be really present in the experience, I feel like that is perfect for this transit. And it also rules, um, higher education. So if you're a Leo rising, thinking about getting, um, going back to ground, grad school applying to a program doing some type of training or like certification even if it has to do with like spirituality um i would put yourself out there like just start filling out applications mhm and like don't get too caught up on the details of like perfecting all this stuff like i love that are you so
1: are you coming to mexico city <laughs>
0: I'll come to Mexico City and we can record our podcast on eclipses. I love it. Like we kind of (laughs) cover all the bases. So, and like, I'm reapplying to grad school during this so I can keep you posted on how it goes.
1: Yeah, please. Of course. All the listeners want to know.
0: Yeah. Like we'll circle back. So next for Virgo Risings, this is going through your eighth house of shared resources, assets, taxes, sex, psyche, and I feel like the eighth house, it can get confusing because a lot of people are like, how do any of those things connect? So I was reading something that I think like really helps describe this because like, your second house talks about, um, it talks about your finances in a way of like, what's mine is mine, like my bank account, my incoming money, my whatever. And the eighth house is what's mine is mine, but could be ours. So it's mm. kind of like these things that you have, but like, if you're bound by like a marriage or a contract or some type of like intimacy. It's kind of like those shared things. It could even be like an inheritance or something like that. Um, But it is a really great um, transit for like transformational work, spending time in therapy, changing habits to heal yourself or um, fostering greater intimacy with someone working through like financial goals or like marital goals or, kind of like those more, I don't know, like habits and like things like that, like that you want to like shed to try and like do better. Mm -hmm.
1: That's beautiful. That's super
0: helpful. And I will say that like, I just came out of this. So when it was in Pisces, it was in my eighth house. And I will say that it is kind of like that house of like other people's money. And I will say that like people were very like generous with me during that transit. And like, there was like an instance where like my sister invited me on a trip and I said no, because like I was saving for like another trip that I was going on. And she was like, no, like if it makes you feel better, like I have all these like credit card points and like, it'll like cover your like uh, plane ticket and stuff like that. And I was sitting there and I was like, this is my Jupiter in the eighth house. <laughs> like, maybe I should say yes. And like, see what happens. And we had the best time.
1: That's amazing. I so love kind of, that. Like,
0: if you're aware of it, you're like, well, let me lean into it.
1: Mm-hmm. Cause I
0: originally was like a hard no, but then I was like, well, maybe I should say yes. You know? Yeah. And it, was like we had so much fun.
1: That's amazing. I love that. And it's just like like you said Jupiter will carry you. When you take the first step, Jupiter carries you there.
0: Yes. 1000%. And um what call it? Like when it was in my 8th house too, I did spend a lot of time in therapy like grieving things that didn't work out. You know, like I applied to grad school, didn't get in, and then kind of like working on like the, like those feelings of like feeling lost or feeling not like, I don't know what my next steps are and things like that. And now that Jupiter has entered Aries, a lot of my therapeutic work has revolved around my action plan. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's kind of like carried over in this like very seamless, like cycle like way.
1: Yeah. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. So Just giving some examples in case people want to kind of like drop into it a little bit.
1: I think the examples are key. Like they are so helpful to help us digest because a lot of the astrological concepts are up in space. And when we're learning about it and hearing about these things for the first time to hear your stories and to hear your experiences and just how deeply intertwined you are with them, it carries us with you. It brings us to the experience with you because that's how you learn. And that's how you teach from that point. So they're very helpful.
0: 100%. Um, and yeah, and like, you can read about like all the specifics of these things, but it's not until you, like, I see them happen to other people or like hear other people's experiences or my own where I'm like, oh, I kind of get it on like a much deeper level. Yes. Yeah. So next we have our Libra risings and this is Jupiter is transiting your seventh house. And that is so exciting. So your seventh house is your one-to-one relationships. This could be your marriage partner, a business partner, um, a regular partner. Like it's just like a one-to-one dynamic. And it's so nice because um, it's really common that if you are single and you want to find someone, it can totally happen under this transit. And I was just talking to a Libra rising the other day and she was saying that like, she tried dating in the fall and like, it didn't go like the way she wanted. And she kind of like took a break and she was like, but I really want to get back into it. And like, it's hard for me to like, feel comfortable, which is like, dating is really hard. And I said, like, this is kind of nice if you want to like amp yourself up to like, get back into the dating world. But do it in a way where, like, you're going about it, like, asserting your needs, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like, so many women, like, when they date, they're so worried about if that person likes them. But going into the date and being like, but do I like this person? Like, does this person, like, meet my needs and, like, match kind of like the way I want my life to look? It's kind of like you can use that Aries energy to, like, reinvent how like your perception of dating and like I don't know like how you show up in it and like even reflect on like what you want out of a partner or like what you bring to the table in a partnership like that's kind of what this can help with if you want to lean into that I love that. One of my close
1: friends is a Libra rising, and this is so fucking on point for her in this moment. And oh, totally. (laughs) It's like, it's been the past couple of weeks where um, this subject has just been so the forefront of so many of our conversations. And it's just so beautiful to witness as she's reflecting more on what she wants in a relationship. And yeah, it's just so perfect like on point for what I've noticed in her energy over the past few weeks.
0: I love that. And it's also like, it's much more about like a long-term partner because we'll get to someone else who it's more about kind of like dating for fun and like, just like enjoying your love life. But like seventh house is like more so commitment based. Mm -hmm. and seventh house is also
1: it like mirrors the energy of of libra right
0: yes yes okay cool cool yeah because libra is that sign that's about partnerships Mm Hmm. whereas like aries is the opposite where aries is about the self right but like the two different energies so like aries can be like when they're asserting themselves it can be like rough around the edges or like whatever. Whereas Libra is very like that peacemaker, Mm -hmm. very like smoothing things over. And like Aries doesn't like, they're like, all right, like enough with that. I'm just going to say what I'm going to say, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And like, I know I spoke with someone who she met her fiance, like pretty out of the blue, like now fiance out of the blue when leave or when Jupiter was in her seventh house when it was in Capricorn a few years ago
1: very cool I'm like so rooting for these Libra risings
0: (laughs) no and um what else but the other thing too is like so if you're someone who's like married or in a committed relationship this can like kind of mark an exciting new chapter for your partnership. So like, maybe you decide to get engaged. Maybe you decide to like get married during this. And like, I know Libra rising who is getting married during this transit in the fall. Um, maybe it like marks some exciting new chapter and there's an em- emphasis on your partnership, like whatever that means, like, you know, like something yeah. about, like you and I are doing this and like we're entering a whole new phase. I love that. And then also if you are with someone and you're a Libra rising and you feel like the relationship is not going well, remember that, um, sometimes Jupiter exaggerates things, right? So like, it can really feel like the issues or what's not working can like really be in your face. Like there's like a big spotlight on it. And when a relationship doesn't work out under this transit, they tend to say it's an act of protection. Like Mm -hmm. that relationship can absolve and like, leave your life as a way of like protection and like a learning experience. It's like every relationship you're in is like a beautiful learning experience. And like that's what Jupiter's about learning and growing. Yeah. So, I love that.
1: I love that. It's
0: not like a marriage thing. There's still learning to be done and you know mm-hmm. optimism around it. Yeah. Very interesting. I wonder, is do you think Mercury
1: being in retrograde is similar? Like when you have these miscommunications in relationship that, I mean, of course, sometimes they can be a little out of the blue. I mean, I feel like in my personal experience, when I had that one big fight with that person, that was the last straw. That was like, Ooh, we are, it really just highlighted for me that we were operating on different planes and it was just not in alignment with my soul. And it, I was like, "Yeah." really made me pause and reflect and revisit what I needed.
0: Yeah. Especially if it was like communication based, like it yeah. was I mean? like that alone can be a huge disconnect for people. So like, I feel like that would make sense that like a Mercury retrograde would highlight that as well because it's, like, that communication and it's, um, like, in your mind when you know that you guys are not on the same page. Yeah. You know, like, that makes perfect sense to me.
1: Cool. Just checking.
0: <laughs> Just checking that that was for real, yeah. No. Just wanted some validation. <laughs> a thousand percent. So then next we have our Scorpio rising. So this Jupiter will be transiting your sixth house of health, wellness, um, self-care routines, and also like your mundane work life of like the routine of it. It's not so much like your career. It's kind of like day in, day out, like nine to five type of life. So on one hand, you might want to funnel more energy into like your wellness journey or like taking care of your body, like really feeling like what it's like to be in your body, like you know, like are you having health concerns? And kind of like, if you are like keeping track of them throughout this, like are, um, like, are they becoming like exaggerated? Are they improving? Are you like, Maybe doing something new to help them, or like if you have like a fitness goal, because like the sixth house is kind of corresponds with like Virgo energy, Mm -hmm. so it's like that, like fitness routine, um, like bodily self care. Um, this is also like pretty service oriented, too. So you could have like a meaningful, like volunteer experience, or like you are, I don't know, like volunteering your time to help someone learn something. Um, And it could also reintroduce like optimism into like your routine or like maximizing your efficiency in your routine. It's kind of like, how can you become a well-oiled machine? Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like the sixth house is opposite of the 12th house. So that's what you're experiencing, Allie. So like yes. that's more like mental health and like subconscious, like that type of wellness. And then so this is the other end of the spectrum and like your physical body. Hmm. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's kind of like there on that axis. I feel like there's like a mind body spirit mm-hmm. kind of like connection. Um, And it can also be a really like joyous time for coworkers, like getting along with the people that you're working with and like spending your days with Um, and like enjoying like the nature of the work that you're doing. Like I have um, in my natal chart, I have Jupiter in my sixth house and I'm still trying to figure it out, but I do feel like I enjoy like mundane activities in my day to day. Like I'm happy to like run errands with friends. I'm happy to like just kind of be along for the ride and like do all of these things that like might be tedious for other people, but I don't know. So I would like to hear feedback on that. (laughs) We're all going to, I'm going to make sure
1: that people DM you their feedback. That's what I live for. (laughs)
0: Like I just want to know what people are experiencing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it helps me understand it more too. Mm -hmm. So for my Sag risings, Sagittarius risings, Jupiter is transiting your fifth house. And honestly, this is so fun. So this is a house that is romance, love life, dating. Um, It also has to do with fertility, kids, and like creativity. So this is like really fun for single people who just want to like date and just have fun, like have flings or like, just like put yourself out there for the first time, like just see what's out there and like, kind of like have fun with it and like meet new people along the way. Cause it can also be like very social too. Um, but this is also a really nice time to, like, bring a kid into the world. If you're someone who wants to have a child, um, this can be, like, a really – I actually know a rising who I think is, oh, like, definitely going to have a kid during this period. And, like, I just feel like it's, like, an exciting new chapter and, like, seeing life through a child's eyes. Like, that's kind of what this feels like to me. Um And it can also be really nice for inviting more creativity into your life. So like, I don't know if you want to do like paint classes, pottery, like um, if you have like a hobby or um, I don't know, like something creative, because like for the ones that we just talked about in the sixth house, that's about like your like daily work routines and stuff. And this The fifth house is much more about like fun and play and, you know, less productive. (laughs) So it's like, take it and run with it. Yes. Have fun. Yeah. Like Sag Risings, this is a very fun period for you. Yeah.
1: I love that. And they're already fun. Like, I love the energy of Sagittarius.
0: (laughs) I do too. I know, so fun. Just like optimistic. And if you're a Sag rising, like your chart ruler is Jupiter. So, Mm. planet. So, it's helping you out.
1: Yeah, beautiful.
0: Yeah. So, then if you are a Capricorn rising, Jupiter will be transiting your fourth house of home and family. This is like a much more private part of your chart, it's like at the very bottom. If you ever look at like your natal chart wheel, it's sitting at the very bottom. Um, So maybe you want to improve your living situation. You could like zhuzh up your home decor. You could be thinking about real estate or moving or um, maybe like a new chapter with a house or, like, new living situation, you could also, like, this brings, like, family members into the picture, so, like, you could be, like, spending more time with them, or wanting to kind of, like, devote more of your time to family, Um, and also, like, exploring what helps you feel, like, rooted and grounded, Mm -hmm. and I was listening to Alice Bell is another astrologer and she was doing a podcast about this. And she said that for some people, it actually might be a period of time where they leave their home to maybe live abroad or like spend time like away from their home, like experiencing like living in like a whole different place. Yeah. I love that. That feels very
1: expansive as well on the home level, like going to try something else on and just see how your soul fits.
0: Yeah. Especially like if you're feeling like your current living situation is like restrictive, like kind of just like letting yourself roam Mm -hmm. and like go and like, you know, try something else out or like spend time abroad or in like a different part of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Like good stuff. Um, and then if you are in Aquarius rising, Jupiter will be transiting your third house. So this is siblings short distance travel. Um, and it's like learning. It's like, it's very like Gemini esque this house. So it's like learning and like taking in new information and like communicating it back out. So like some people can also like get like a certification Or um, spend a lot of time like writing or doing some type of like short distance travel, integrating themselves into like a new community or like neighborhood. Um, It could also be like, you know, the third house has to do with like short distance travel and cars. So it's like you could buy a new car if you need that. Or, you know, it's kind of like thinking about those topics. Um, What else do I have I could just see someone like integrating themselves and like socializing in like a brand new neighborhood and like Mm -hmm. kind of like connecting with people. And like, if you're trying to connect with your neighbors, like it might go well and not be super awkward, you know, like, (laughs) like that's always like kind of a weird thing, but like it might, you might be like ready to kind of like make new connections with people close by or like maybe you just want to like express your curiosity and like learn more about something and like write about it or like, you know, Mm -hmm. much more like at the intellectual level.
1: Gemini energy.
0: I know Gemini. (laughs) I've got four planets, no, three planets in Gemini, one in Libra. So I have like a lot of like air in Mm -hmm. my needle chart and it's like, it's that like mental activity and like communication. And then last but never least, we have our Pisces. I know, like always last. <laughs> but it will, Jupiter will be transiting your second house of income, possessions, money, and like material security. So this can be so nice if like you want to bring in more money. Like if you want another stream of income, if you want to like get a raise or like, ask for more money at work or I don't know, like, I just think it, it brings your financial matters like to the mind and it can be profitable and you can start really like, let's remember that this is like Jupiter and Aries, like asserting yourself. Like, so you could really start to connect with what you know you're worth and like getting after it. Yeah. Yeah. Like asking for what you deserve. Um, and also if Jupiter exaggerates, like sometimes this is a transit where like, you want to be generous with the people you love, which is totally fine, but just make sure you don't like burn a hole through your wallet. Like Mm -hmm. it is kind of like a spendthrift type of, transit but like if you're reasonable and responsible I think you're fine but yeah yeah and like
1: prioritizing yourself first with the energy of Aries totally yeah so yeah I, this is going to be so helpful to so many people. I know I've said that a million times, but I think what I'm going to do on the podcast is like put down little time stamps of for people to look at their rising sign if, yeah. and when they feel called so they can go right there and like receive all of this goody, 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 goody information and soak it in because you did like such an in-depth job explaining every single rising sign, and like how we can work with this energy at this time, because it is such a substantial period of time. Right. I mean, we have it here until October and then again in December.
0: Yeah. So it's because like Jupiter only spends about a year in each sign. So it's like, you're not going to see this again for another like 12 years. Right. So lean into it, see where it comes up for you and like, try it out. You know, like it doesn't come every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And go ahead. Were you going to
0: say anything? (laughs) Just to put it into perspective, like the moon spends two and a half to three days in every sign. So that is like rapid fire, quick movement. So when we have these slower moving planets kind of like entering a new sign, it's an energetic shift. Like we're going from water to fire, right? Mm -hmm. We're coming out from like the depths of the ocean and now we're like ready to go. Like, you know, it's action oriented, so you can feel it and you kind of want to like jump onto it and just, you know, be curious and see what comes up for you.
1: Yeah. I love that. And one thing I love about the element of fire, which I've learned recently is that it's connected to our sense of creativity
0: as well. So fire signs are very creative. And oftentimes I found For people who have a lot of fire and a lot of earth in their charts, it tends to be creative on like the physical realm, like someone Mm -hmm. who can like create things with their hands, like clay work or like, like my mom has this and like, she's an architect, like kind of like putting that creativity, like into the world in a very physical sense, but they have like that vision.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, And, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're already coming up to almost an hour, just maybe potentially an hour. We could have already hit it, but I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about like how astrology has been, um, a tool for self-development for you, how you've learned about it and what like your journey has looked like as you've gotten more in touch with astrology and like the medicine it's given you along the way.
0: I love astrology. So (laughs) I would say I first got into it very lightly when I was like 12 or 13, my mom brought home the birthday book, like one of the birthday books where it's like a description of every day in the year and like different characteristics of everyone. And I will never forget that. And like, it was through astrology that like, My family, who has so many different personalities, we're all able to sit down and connect over it and like celebrate our differences and kind of like even like accept all of these different things that like we know about ourselves, but like really like saying them out loud and like reading everyone's like showed how we operate so differently, but like that that's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, I think like astrology fosters a lot of acceptance in that way. And then later in college, I had like a pretty traumatic event. And like, it's pretty common that like, if you do have a traumatic event, you know, you can experience like post-traumatic growth, or you might get in touch with your spirituality or kind of like become curious about these other elements in our lives. And it wasn't until that happened that I went to therapy for the first time. And my therapist asked me, so what are you doing to take care of yourself? I had never heard about self-care. Like, now it's a, like, that's all we talk about. And it's a buzzword. But, like, in 2014, like, I, I think I was pissed. Like I was, I looked at her and I was like, bitch, I'm here. Like I'm in therapy. Like, what do you mean? And she was like, no, 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 no. Like outside of session, like, what are you doing to take care of yourself? And I would not have said this back then. Like, I don't think I was like conscious that I was leaning on astrology, like as a self-care tool, but in hindsight, 1000%. Mm-hmm. but it's so funny. Cause like during that time I had such kind of like a fractured relationship with myself, but I allowed myself to, you know, set time aside every day to like read my horoscope and like learn more about, you know, my other signs, my natal chart, all of these different pieces that I didn't know existed. And what I didn't realize is that when I was doing that, I was actually inviting self-love and self-compassion and even self-interest back into the equation, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was at a place where I was not feeling good about myself, but when people, even when I talk to people who want to know more about astrology and they want to hear about their signs, they're lighting up because they're feeling excited about things that they are and things that like qualities that they have. And like, I think there's something so beautiful about watching people kind of like connect with these different components and like feel validated and feel seen. And like, no one's saying that you have to agree with every part of that sign, right? Like you have the autonomy and agency to connect with whatever you want about it and like you place the meaning into it right so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like this like meaning making and like self-love and like this tool for like self-reflection and when you start to track transits it also helps to kind of like see that like life happens in cycles and seasons and I think it bolsters um like optimism that something else is coming forward like planets are in constant motion life is always moving right like you're never going to feel however you feel right now forever yeah so it's kind of like there's a lot of like rich symbolism in astrology and a lot of like reflection based tools that i like i eat that shit up
1: yeah, I know you do.
0: <laughs> I, know.
1: <laughs> I love that. And it's so beautiful to just witness you in your flow with the universe as well because Like you said, it brings you back to the state of presence. It brings you back to your own intuition. It brings you back to yourself. It gives you the validation that you need. And it reminds you that life is ever moving. And this present moment is impermanent. And when we can remember that and hold on to that and be with whatever it is that comes up in the present moment in its impermanence, that brings us greater healing that brings us back to ourself. That brings us deeper acceptance, deeper, accept, um, deeper compassion, deeper self-love, and just like an openness to experience life in its entirety, not just bits and pieces that are easier, but life in its entirety, whatever that may be in this moment.
0: Yes. It's, and it's that impermanence too. Like, I don't know, like even if you start to kind of get into astrology, like you see the cycle of when a planet is like conjunct and then there's a square and a harsh tension and then the tension comes down again, right? Mm-hmm. So you start to track these cycles where you see a beginning, a middle, and an end. So when you can start to conceptualize that these things are happening in like chapters, it's actually much easier. and like you can like attach whatever meaning you want to that, depending on like whatever circumstance you're navigating it's actually so interesting, because when you can see something with a beginning, middle and end, instead of like feeling really overwhelmed and doomed, which is something that like I would do. It has helped me to step back, look at the situation and kind of um, look at it much more constructively. Like, what can I do with this? Or like, what is this teaching me? Or like, how can I learn from this? And like, how can I like, not just like withstand it, but how can I like thrive throughout, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's such a, a blessing to be able to witness you as you do that. And as you share your experience of astrology with so many people as well, because I know personally, like reading your horoscope and reading your, just perspective on what's happening in the day, whether it's connected to the moon, whether it's connected to Jupiter, whatever it is that it's connected to. I just, I feel so much comfort in being able to read that, especially as an intuitive person where life can feel like I feel the energy of the universe as it moves around me. So to be able to have that guidance astrologically, which is not my um, area of expertise, (laughs) <laughs> as we've talked about, um, on the show, but like uh, to be able to have that guidance, it reminds me, okay, I'm feeling these things for a reason and I'm safe to trust my intuition again. And every time I read that, I'm like, oh, I'm safe to trust my intuition again. I'm safe to trust myself and my feelings and to have that like sturdiness within me is such a gift. So I'm so thankful for the wisdom that you put out into the world, the way that you share. I can't wait to have you back on to talk about eclipses, talk about yeah. Saturn return. Because like my Saturn return's coming up.
0: <laughs> you are one degree away.
1: I know it's too soon. <laughs> well, like you've
0: been experiencing it.
1: I know I have.
0: Throughout the past couple of years, but I looked before this podcast. You are one degree away from it being exact.
1: Yeah. It goes exact in February, I believe of next year. And I'm like, and I can feel the energy. Let me tell you, it's been one hell of a, a fucking year, but, um, I'm just, I, but we'll definitely have to have you back so we can talk about all of the things. Cause I think that would be so wonderful. I want you to be like my, um, my designated reclaimed alignment astrologer. <laughs>
0: I'm here and listen, now that we're at the end of this, I'll have, you know, I am happy that I leaned into my Jupiter transit today. (laughs) I'm feeling much better.
1: I'm so happy. I'm so happy to hear that. Well, before we close, I just want to let the listeners know. Um, so this will be coming out on Monday. So I will have my Reiki one and two certification open for two more days after that, um, and before I close the doors, and it's such a blessing to be able to teach in this way, scholarship applications will be closed by this time, but um, I'm taking a hiatus from social media, so if you listen to the pod, you know, that's the information. You can find the information, the link, and the show notes, (laughs) and I think that's all I have to say, but besides that, Moira, we're so thankful that you are here with us.
0: Thank you for having me, and if Listen, I am accepting DMs. So if you guys, if something comes up for you, if you notice something, I am all ears.
1: Yes. And remind us your Instagram is?
0: Cosmicgram. So.
1: Perfect. I'll put that in the show notes as well so that everyone will be able to find you. Um, she's the best. Give her a follow. You are not going to regret it. I pinky, pinky swear. Well, I'm going to end the recording. We love you guys. Bad Witches Only. Peace out. Peace out.